So continuing our discussion from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, second wave of the Eastern Ocean, subject is Raganuga Bhakti, about 33 verses in this section, and this is the core material from Gaudiya Vaishnavism on the subject. <coughs> it's been elaborated on it. The commentaries here on the text and uh, a few other texts as well, as I've mentioned. Bhakti Sandarbha, Ragbhart Machandrika are a couple of examples. Hmm. So what we've heard thus far is a definition of Raghunuga Bhakti. And in that definition it's been described that it constitutes following the Ragatmikas. And so a definition of the Ragatmikas has been given those who are naturally, spontaneously possessed of rag, love, attachment for Krishna, and how that attachment fosters absorption, absorption fosters attachment, and so forth and so on. And um, and then furthermore, Rupa Goswami has told us that there are two kinds, two, two expressions of this Raghunuga Bhakti. And he's named them Kamarup, uh, Ragatmika Bhakti, I should say, Kamarup and Sambandarup. And he cited a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, two verses actually, from the seventh canto, Nardwani speaking to Yudhisthira Maharaj, where these two uh, terms are found. Well, the word kam is found, and sambanda is found, with regard to absorption in Krishna and means of attaining him. The means of attaining, of course, is Raganuga Bhakti, and the absorption that's to be attained is embodied in the in the Ragatmikas. So here tonight uh, there's a few verses we should go through that seek to clarify the two verses that we discussed in our last meeting, wherein as I was explaining the terms Sambandanuga, Rupanuga are kind of placed on the map, on the map of the sacred texts, in this case, Srimad Bhagavatam. So the ideas of Rupa Goswami, they have support in one of the core texts that all the Vedantins accept, Srimad Bhagavatam. No one accepts it like we do, no one embraces it like we do, no one understands it like we Gaudiyas do. <coughs> But at any rate, he's uh, drawn this reference, and in the context of this reference, to Sambandan Rupa and Kama Rupa Ragatmika Bhakti, other types of absorption in Krishna and other types of bhakti are mentioned. So he wants to clarify tonight the difference at first between the other types of absorption that are mentioned and the rag atmika bhakti that he's speaking about. So he says, Anukulya viparyasad bhitti dvesho parahato snehasya sakya bhai chitvad bhaidha bhakti anubartita timba prema vidhat one Napa Yogo Trasadhane Bhaktivayam Iti Bhaktam Bhaiti Bhakti Udirita. Because he says, first of all, Anukul Viparyasad Viti Dvesho Parahato. Two types of Absorption 
that have been mentioned here, and these will be given the most attention in the verses that follow, that will bring us to a end to this section of giving reference to his idea of Sambandan Rup and Kamrupa before he goes in in the next section to then in detail explain one of the types, Kamarupa. Then he'll go into Sambandarupa. And then he'll go into Raganuga, hmm? Kamanuga and Sambandanuga and so forth. So uh, there were, sometimes it's thought of six and sometimes five types of absorption that were mentioned. He wants to clarify that. And as they say, among the different types of absorption, uh, two of them, the absorption by Kamsa and particularly more so the, the, the absorption or similarly the absorption of Shishupal out of enmity are given some stress here in these verses bringing this section as they will to, to a close so so he says Anukulya piparyasad piti dvesho para hato we know that Rupa Goswami has already defined bhakti in the very first wave, the 11th verse of the first wave of this eastern section. That wave is all about bhakti, defining bhakti, really, and speaking of its efficacy. Then in this wave, he's gone into sadhana bhakti, which, are, which are, there are the two divisions, Vaidhi and, and Raganuga. <coughs> so they are... Back in his uh, definition, he said, Anukulyasya Krishnanu Shilanam Bhakti Ruttamam. This Uttam Bhakti is characterized <coughs> principally by a favorable attitude of the ongoing culture, Krishnanu Shilanam, of, of, of really Krishna consciousness, the ongoing culture of favorable acts and feelings, emotions in relation to Krishna Krishna and his avatars and so forth uh, just briefly of course the marginal characteristics then of Uttam Bhakti were also described in that verse, the first part of that verse and he says Anyabhilashita Shunyam Gyan Karmadi Anavritam it's, a, it's, 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 it's uh, exclusive it's, uh, as, as love is it's uh, one-minded. Um, it has no other concerns, and it's not covered by gyan or bhakti. In other words, it's not engaged in for any result other than itself, hmm. uh, for acquisition, neither for renunciation and the knowledge that corresponds with that. Hmm. So, with regard to the principal characteristic of Uttam Bhakti, Anukul, hmm, here we find a kind of a Krishnanu Shilanam, a kind of an absorption emotionally that's been described here in these verses that we discussed um, in our last class. Emotional uh, absorption, culture, uh, of Krishna. Hmm. The Sishupal, from his very childhood, as we mentioned, was absorbed in enmity towards Krishna and uh, constantly finding ways to, to criticize him. Culminated in the Rajasuya Yagya and his criticizing just one too many times that brought about his, his demise. <coughs> Kamsa was from the time of the birth of Krishna till the time of his own death, Kamsa was preoccupied out of fear. Hmm? Another emotion, emotional absorption in Krishna. So the emotional absorption is Krishnanushilanam. As I said, this Krishnanushilanam is both emotional, has an emotive component, and it has a an active component. Hmm? Anushilanam, shilanam, the verb shilanam, implies... Um, both things for the root. Uh, so, in Rupa Goswami's definition, you can see how uh, 
comprehensive it is, that emotive side includes the various, well, bhav bhakti and uh, the, the vyabhichari bhavas, the um, uh, stai bhav, hmm? the vibhav, um, the 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 anubhavs and the sattvigabhavs of course they are emotive but they also show up externally hmm? so they're active but emotionally active and then we have all the all the sadhana bhakti that's not emotive in the way that bhav bhakti is it's imitative so to speak of the activities that do arise out of emotion in mature devotees and it's performed with the senses uh, actively at any rate all of this is involved in in, in Uttam Bhakti Sadhana Bhakti is also part of Uttam Bhakti but Sadhana Bhakti is performed for the purpose of attaining Bhava Bhakti it's not for book distribution Hmm? only as much as book distribution or whatever other activity may be, um, it, it, it brings our spiritual progress. We join, we participate, actually to make spiritual progress, to love Krishna. And there are many activities we may be engaged in for that purpose. Distributing books, preaching is, is, is very important, it's one of them, but it's, it's, a, it's also a means to an end. It's for the purifying of our own heart in, in one sense. Mm. So, my point only being that there's a goal to sadhana bhakti and it's bhava bhakti hmm? and bhava bhakti is being emotional so it corresponds somewhat with what's, with what's being described here because these are emotive um, absorptions in Krishna that have been described other than Nara describing himself who's as a vaidhi bhakta so kamsa, fear, again, sushupal, enmity, they're absorbed in a particular way that, as I said the other night, you can't mandate that somebody be envious or you can't mandate that somebody be afraid. Hmm? Um, it comes, and when it does, it takes over uh, one uh, in a way that no mandate to act really could. Hmm? You could mandate that a person go to war and fight, but... Only at a certain point, it really kicks in. Can he like lose it, so to speak, and perform those heroic acts that sometimes people do in wartime, for example? So, at any rate, there's a, there is a Krishnanu Shilam here in the sense there is an absorption and culture of Krishna on the part of Sisupal, but the, it's not what it's not anukul, it's not favorable. Therefore, it's not bhakti. Of course, in a broader sense, it is bhakti. Why is that? Because of Sisupa, who Sisupal was. Sisupal was one of the gatekeepers, Jai and Vijay. This is Sisupal and Dantavakra are the last births of Jai Vijay, who appeared in other births as Hiranyakasipu and Hiranyaksha, as um, uh, uh, Ravana and Kumbhakarna, and now in Krishna Leela as Sisupal and Dantavakra. And notably, Jiva Goswami notes this in his Krishna Sandarva. It's only when they were killed by Krishna that they got liberation. Not when they were killed by Ram, not when they were killed by um, by Braha or Nisingha. Hmm? This is a specialty um, of Krishna that when the demons are killed by him, they get liberation. Not necessarily so by the other avatars. This is a, an, another argument for Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. He's special. Hmm? Uh, he has qualities that others don't have. Hmm? He does things that other avatars don't do. Hmm? So, so ordinarily the point is that, of course, being absorbed in, in enmity is not, but I'm just taking an aside here to uh, uh, take us a little bit into into Krishna Leela and of course in, in the Narayan's Leela who wanted to taste Vira Rasa that heroic Rasa it's a secondary Rasa there are five primary and seven secondary Rasas one of them secondary is Vira Rasa there's different types of Vira Rasa Dana Vira uh, Daya Vira Dharma Vira Yudha Vira hmm? 
so daya, mercy heroically, and that's in dharma, out of dharma. Uh, Dhanu, uh, military, and yudha means like mock hero, heroism, like we find in the cowherds of Vrindavan, or mock fighting, which they engage in even with Krishna. Uh, so, at any rate, Narayan doesn't have anybody to fight with in Vaikuntha, so um, he his desire to taste Virarasa created a whole lot of events, in, uh, beginning with the Kumaras coming to Vaikuntha and wanted to get in and the gatekeepers checking them and so on and so forth. They're being cursed and Narayan honoring the curse. And uh, so his devotees, Jaivijay, were given the choice to take seven births as demons or three births as devotees. They chose as devotees. This is the third birth for Subal, or for, excuse me, for Shishupal. And Krishna's tasting uh, Virarasa. But ordinarily, of course, the point is that the attitude of Sishupal uh, is not favorable for Bhakti. Hmm? Um, he, enmity is not favorable. Hmm? This is a special arrangement, but overall, as I said the other night, not every Krishna Leela or Jai and Vijay falling down. So someone else is a Sisupal, someone else is a Dantavakra, and they have enmity, and, or a Kamsa, and they have fear, and so forth, and it's not Bhakti. So he says uh, that in this verse, different types of absorption have been described. He wants to differentiate between them, because they're not all what he's talking about. He's only talking about Sambandha and Kama, Rupa, Ragatmika Bhakti. He's talking about others by way of comparison hmm? to give us some other ideas about mental absor- emo- mental emotional absorption and its power hmm? now there's there's a kind of logic it's called what is it called kaimutya hmm? it means and uh, what to speak of hmm? is the idea what to speak of so it means to say what to speak of if Shishupal, having been absorbed in enmity, was able to attain salvation and ultimately Sarupya Mukti? Hmm? What, what to speak then of the position of the gopis and, and the, those in uh, Rishnis in Samanda Rupa or Samanda Nuga Bhakti? What to speak of them? Gopis in particular, because the gopis were in question, if you recall, from our last discussion, by some persons who have uh, commented on these verses from Bhagavatam, because they had calm, they had lust. Hmm? And so the verse said, after they attained, after the sins were purified away, then they attained their respective forms corresponding with their bhakti. So... Sisupal attained Sarupya Mukti, hmm? a form like that of Krishna. But that's not what the gopis attained. They attained a different form, of course. Um, uh, and, and, and sadhakas, of course, who pursue that will, will attain that gopi vesh, uh, gopi swarup, gopi deha. Um, but the kama that's described there is not ordinary lust of the world. It's 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 uh, it's uh, it's a spiritual desire to love Krishna, and so if you can get mukti by enmity, being absorbed in enmity, what to speak of by loving Krishna? Uh, we we explained that this was they attained means that they were experiencing poor virag, hmm? that separation before the union, in the in the context of the leela, when the leela is performed, they come they. They take birth and they, they develop. Love is already there, but the leela unfolds in stages. And so they attain in this way. And the implication is that the Kamanugas who follow them will also take birth in the Braja leela and they will experience Purvarag and then they will attain Krishna, a further union with Krishna and so forth. And he's going to give examples of those, uh, an example of, of those types of uh, uh, devotees. But, uh, but the point is, anyway, the, the gopis were not sinful. There was nothing to be purified in terms of uh, 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 sinful um, 
and offensive uh, thinking as was the case of Kamsa or Shishupal. Hmm? So they're different. Uh, they needed to be purified of that and then get mukti, which Krishna arranged for, and they are not an example of bhakti at all because their absorption, as powerful as it is, was not favorable. Hmm? So again, it's they're mentioned in order to showcase the love of the gopis, or the, ca- the, the, the love of the sambandha devotees, hmm? um, a, a, as well, who experience utkantita. It's a different word, but it's the same concept. They, they, they hear about Krishna, they, they, they haven't met him yet, they haven't shook hands, and like two friends, guys making friends at the bus stop, you know, hey, what's going on, you know, where are you from? And they, they haven't had that mutual exchange yet, and their love confirmed. Hmm? So, the same applies to them. What to speak of them? What to speak of the gopis? What what they must have attained? What was the form that corresponded with their absorption? Hmm? It must have been greater and exceeded the excellence of Sisupal's attainment, certainly. Hmm? So, he makes uh, this point. They, they are not devotees, but this is why their their absorption is mentioned for two reasons. One reason because for this what to speak of logic to be applied, and two, secondly, because Nard has said, and Shri Goswami I believe quotes him here. He, you know, he quotes the, fam- the famous verse of Nard in the same chapter of the Bhagavatam that's being discussed, the seventh canto. Um, Nard's discussion with Yudhisthira about the Rajasuya. Uh, Subject again is equanimity of God. Is he is he partial or impartial? Um, the famous verse is Nard speaking. I think I mentioned it the other night. That I'm a Vaidhi Bhakta, and I could not get as absorbed through Vaidhi Bhakti as Sishupal did through enmity. He said it's it's marvelous. Um, here's the verse: by devotional service, it means by Vaidhi Bhakti. One cannot achieve such intense absorption in thought of the personality of God as one can through enmity towards him. This is my opinion. So, this is Nara speaking. I mean, there's, there's no better example of Vaidhi Bhakti. It's, he says, I don't have to prove to you. My word is the proof. Hmm? I don't have to support it anywhere. I am the proof. I'm telling you. Hmm? Um, so, again the power of emotive and mental absorption. This is the whole idea hmm? you want to arrive at. Hmm? To whatever extent, we can be emotionally, mentally absorbed is the extent to which we're Krishna conscious. Hmm? So, it's not so much what we do, it's how much we get absorbed. Therefore, yena, Kena upayena mana krishnanaveshaya. This is how the section of the seventh canto that's being discussed uh, concludes, in a sense, with regard to this issue. Nard says, Yenat kena upayena mana krishnanaveshaya. Somehow or other, hmm, fix your mind on Krishna. And there are standard ways that are said to work, there may be other ways. Whatever works, uh, the, the, the idea is. To fix the, Krishna consciousness means fixing the mind on Krishna. That kind of mental absorption. This is the this is the um, the, uh, the litmus test, so to speak, the standard. So, so uh, we see how people get preoccupied with what you have to do, hmm? rather than what should be the re- result that that is derived from doing it, and to to what extent you're one is arriving at, at, at that. Hmm? And then they argue over what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it and you shouldn't, can't do it like this. And, can't, and, and they miss the point, really, of, uh, of Krishna consciousness altogether. That's one of the points that's being made here. Hmm? And, 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 and we look, therefore, at, for example, the gopis. They are doing exactly what you absolutely should not do. Hmm? No, this is this is you see this is the point that's being made by their, in a sense, by their leela. We're being taught that. Same with the cowards, for example. 
I mean, you, you can't go and just wrestle Christians to the ground, walk in, and, um, to, uh, uh, you know, we, we relate with the deity, for example, in a particular way. We relate with the holy name in a particular way. Hmm? To arrive at what they're, the kind of absorption that, uh, that, that having arrived at doesn't, what you do is, it could be anything. Hmm? And look at the gopis, what they do. It's parakia. Again. And, but they're fully absorbed in thinking of Krishna, so it's okay. Hmm? <laughs> now, you don't go try it, do parakia, and think that you're going to get that kind of absorption. It's not going to work like that. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, the Krishna consciousness means this mental absorption. And, and there's no greater absorption than we find than, for example, in the Gopis, in the Brajbhaktas, in the Ragatmikas. And so we want to follow them. Again, I said, I said earlier, there's a, there's a kind of a scale here of Rag and Vaidhi and some in-betweens. We come to that next with the other um, type of absorption that's mentioned in this verse. But before we go into that, my point is that what Rupa Goswami is talking about here is the, the prime example of Raghunuga Bhakti, the purest, pristine, fullest expression of Raghunuga Bhakti. That's what he's teaching about. Hmm? That's what he wants to showcase. That's the kind of Raghunuga sadhana he, he advocates and what Mahaprabhu came to give. There are shades of it mixed with Vaidhi and so on and so forth. So when, so we come to that here because he says, what, Snehasya Sakya, Vaichitpad Vaidya, Vaidya Bhakti Anubartita. He says that, first of all, we've heard about through enmity, through fear, through karma, through, through relationship, and we've heard about Nard's own Vaidya Bhakti. So let's count them again. Fear, enmity, love or kama, the desire of the gopis, through relationship th- and through Narada's absorption is five, but there's something else mentioned in the verse here too. Sneha, affection. Hmm? Affection. So there appears to be six. Are there six or are there five? Hmm? Sivu Goswami says that out of deference to Sridhar Swami, we say there are six, but actually the, the text itself, Nard says later on, that there are five. Hmm? And so, really there are five. Hmm? And Sneha and Sambanda, therefore, are going together. Now, these words mean uh, Sneha... Uh, in the, one verse is describing these, another is giving the examples. And the Pandavas are mentioned. Hmm? In the verses of last night, he said, the Pandavas by affection, the Vrishnis by Sambanda. Hmm? Um, so, if we look at Sneha, affection, as one of the means of absorption, we go to the Pandavas, the Pandavas are not examples of the Raghunuga Bhakti that he's talking about. They are in Sakya, Rasa, some of them mixed, some of them pure, pure Sakya. Hmm? Um, but their Sakya is, is some, is, is, they are Puritsambandis. They're city friends of Krishna. And we know Arjun, for example, was aware of the godhood of Krishna. And when he would become aware in the context of his bhava, his ability to intimately relate with Krishna hmm, receded to the background. Hmm? We don't find this happening in the cowherds of Vrindavan, who, for example, saw the Aishvarya of Krishna lifting Govardhan Hill and offered their sticks to help, rather than thinking, oh my God, our friend is lifting Govardhan Hill, we should pay obeisances to him, and so forth. Hmm? So, um, he says, this, this is not, so this is not Raghunuga Bhakti either. Hmm? Really, the way it should be understood is that uh, this Sneha, Sambandha, 
is is in relation to the Vrishnis and the Vrishnis, of course, Vrishnis are, there's two definitions of the Vrishnis. Vrishnis mean the people of Dwarka, hmm, the Yadus, but it also means the Brajbasis. Brajbasis, hmm, we'll get to that, that will come up. They, but when he talks about Samandarup, but Samandanuga, but uh, they have affection for Krishna and they are in relationship with him as friends or as parents or as servants in, in the family and so on and so forth. Particularly the word sneha here is what um, Rupa Goswami wants to deal with and um, and uh, again, with regard to the Pandavas, it doesn't, it's, n- it's not a kind of Raghunuga Bhakti. If you look at it as love, sneha is also a term that that um, uh, refers to a development of the Stahibhav, so it's a type of prame, extension of prame, but that can't be uh, drawn on here because it's not any just a generic word. It's not an example of what you could follow, and the, the, the examples here are, are to be that which you can follow, the ragatmika. So, at any rate, he wants to say here that the, uh, there are only two types of raganuga bhakti mentioned in this verse, and these are the two types that I'm speaking about. The other types of absorption that are mentioned are for these twofold purposes. One, to say what to speak of, and two, just to highlight the point hmm, that mental absorption is what Krishna consciousness is really, uh, really all about. Hmm, what we want to arrive at. So, as I said, having uh, made that uh, distinction for us, he goes on to further discuss this uh, enmity, for example, of Sisupal. Hmm? and uh, give us a perspective on it because in the original verses from the seventh canto uh, it stated that they all attained Krishna hmm? in their respective forms corresponding with their absorption and so he wants to say further not only I've already emphasized it that this isn't bhakti and this isn't uh, this is to say what to speak of, and so forth. But furthermore, uh, their destination hmm, is uh, a destination... Uh, well, uh, uh, he wants to further elaborate on their destination and how it is an attainment of Krishna, but it's different than the attainment of the gopis and the gopas. And so we come to the idea of Brahman, of course, the merging with Brahman. So he says that when it is said at the enemies and the dear friends of the Lord attained the same end in the verses that were discussed, it means the same end only in the sense that Brahman and the personal form of Krishna are one entity in the manner that the rays and the sun are one. Mm-hmm. We find this also, for example, in the 12th chapter of the Gita, which we discussed at Saragrahi recently at some length. Um, there, uh, Arjuna asks Krishna, what's better, to be absorbed in love of you and your personal form or to be absorbed in your unmanifest, uh, un Nothing else to say about it. <laughs> Your unmanifest, can't talk about it, undifferentiated, qualityless, it's not this, it's not that. Your neti, 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 neti expression that, that, that other people have faith in and, 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 and uh, devote themselves to, which is better. And Krishna clearly states the absorption in my form, in love of me, that's preferable. But both attain me, but the attainment is different. Hmm? Some uh, the jnanis attain Brahman, hmm? and of course, as I mentioned, I think the other there's four four kinds, and two of them do, and two of them don't, and all the devotees attain their ideal of love of Krishna. They attain it easily, easily. Because it's very easy to mentally become absorbed in 
a beautiful, charming cow herd that has all these leelas and different names and qualities, and and it's very difficult to become mentally absorbed in Brahman. Hmm? You can't even talk about it. Right? You can't even think about it. Hmm? It's beyond thought, beyond thinking. You're supposed to stop thinking, stop beyond talking, beyond beyond word, beyond stop talking. It's uh, the path is is very difficult. It's a torturous path, really. The body is tortured in the classical sense um, because you you learn that you're not the body, so you're supposed to act like that. And so there, you expose yourself to extremes of heat and cold and so forth, and and uh, it's torturesome compared to bhakti, which Uddhava said, hey, our renunciation is, we wear the vestments of Krishna after he's finished with them. How's that? How's it look? We eat the royal meals of Krishna. That's our renunciation. Hmm? That's all. <laughs> very friendly path, and, and of course, it's very powerful uh, in terms of its turning off the, the, the uh, negative influences of the world, the call of the wild, and and, and so forth. It's like they say, the best defense is a good offense, something like that. So this is bhakti. It's a, it's a was a very interesting discussions we had on the twelfth chapter. But it, it, it comes to mind that, that they both attain the Lord, but they don't attain the same position in relation to the Lord. So the, the so the demons attain the Brahman. It just so happens, so do the Gyanis. So so much for the Ghanis then. Huh? There is a torturous path. They could have just become demons and attained the same goal. <laughs> they could have got mentally absorbed in Krishna very easily hmm? out of enmity compared to their path hmm? where you can't... How do you get mentally absorbed in, in, in Brahman? You really have to kind of stop thinking. That's going against the current of the mind. Hmm? So, they would have been better off focusing on Krishna with enmity. They would have more easily got their goal, the goal of attaining um, Brahman. Hmm? So, it doesn't speak highly of the path, which is a very difficult path. Very difficult, very, very, as I say, very torturesome, slow. Um, even they talk about it. Today, the Neo-Advaitans talk about it. There is no path. You're already enlightened. Thinking there's a path, that's the problem. You're thinking, you see? You're conceptualizing. Stop conceptualizing. And they talk like this, and you look at them like, you're not really saying anything, you know? <laughs> this is... This is uh, but people are going, yeah, yeah. They stop conceptualizing. And somebody says, well, how do you... That's the problem. Don't ask how to. You are enlightened. Whoa. And everybody's... Awed, and then he and he doesn't say anything for five minutes, and they think he's gone. And then he then he says, "So, what do you think?" Ooh, and these kind of talks. <laughs> this is popular. <laughs> so, so Bhagwa teaches uh, you'd be better off being being a Sisupal, being a Kamsa. You attain your goal more readily, more more easily, more easily. Hmm? Uh, Hmm. And the point here that's made also is why uh, is it the case this is an important point why is it the case that the demons who are absorbed in the personal form of Krishna will attain Brahman realization why unless the two are related unless the two are the same how can you meditate on Krishna and attain something different than Krishna. How can you become absorbed into Krishna and attain something different from Krishna? Therefore, Brahman is not different from Krishna. Hmm? And, and, and one comes out of the other. One is the halo, and the other is, is the person. It's a, it's a, we speak about Krishna as, as the condensed form of Brahman, but it's not that the Brahman becomes condensed. It's not that, well, to use a kind of a, uh, let's say a, a, a theistic uh, argument with regard to uh, the world. Uh, 
it's not that the something more complex arises out of something less complex. Hmm? You understand? Irreducible complexity, something like that, hmm? is an argument. In other words, we find uh, that that uh, the complexity in nature. Hmm? Um, it's hard to imagine it arising out of such complexity coming out of something lesser. Hmm? Um, so the evolutionary idea is questioned on that uh, grounds to some extent. And of course, we use the arguments to, well, by way of saying consciousness is far more complex than the biological self, and it's different from the biological self as well. And the subjective value-giving consciousness and experiential reality does not arise out of a non-experiential reality, whereas a non-experiential reality could arguably arise out of an experiential reality. In other words, I'm an experiencer as a unit of consciousness. I experience the world, a semblance of the world, my subjective experience of the world in the form of shapes, uh, names and, and and so forth, which aren't really what the world's like, but that's how I experience them, hmm? and they are uh, a product of of me. Hmm? They're less complex than me. Hmm? Hmm? They come from me. Hmm? I'm more complex. Krishna is far more complex than Brahman. Brahman, as I often say, is everywhere. How can it move? Krishna is that Brahman moving. So he's way more complex. Hmm? Um, he's beda bed. To be to be obeyed, that's a very simplistic idea. To be beda obeyed at the same time, that's very complex. Hmm? Um, so the idea is that Brahmana Brahmano he pratishtaham, as the as the Gita says, fourteenth chapter. Brahman is subordinate to Krishna. Hmm? Brahman is less complex. It's undifferentiated consciousness. It's less complex. There's nothing to be said about it. Hmm? What are you going to say about a one-celled entity compared to a to a human being? A human being is way more complex. You can write, you know, books about the sentiments of human beings, of, of the sentient consciousness, uh, self-knowing, self-conscious entity, as we are as a humans. Is that volumes about their feelings and and so, what are you going to write about a one-celled entity that's not aware that it, it's conscious of, but it's not aware of it? So, at any rate, Brahman is way less complex than Krishna. So, Brahman, Krishna is the source of Brahman, and Brahman is Krishna. Hmm? How could Krishna be Satvaguna? Another way to think it. How could Krishna be Satvaguna and not be Brahman? and become absorbed in him, and you will attain Brahman. Hmm? How can something less give something more? Hmm? So he wants to say it's the other way around, and, and look at it like this. Even the demons can attain that by thinking of Krishna. Hmm? It's got to be less, because the more will come, correspond with those who approach him with love and affection and devotion and surrender. Will they not get more reciprocation on the scale of emotional absorption? Certainly. Why will they get the less? So the attainment of Krishna, the, the forms of the gopis and the gopas that correspond with their love and their, their, their attainment of Krishna in, in Leela, hmm, that attainment is superior to the attainment of Brahman. This is a nice... Uh, argument. It may not be a popular argument. We need to popularize it. People haven't heard it. Hmm? Uh -huh. This is the problem. <laughs> Shankar had the microphone for for a while, but as as you were saying the other day, so many Krishna conscious books are being distributed after a time. One day you're going to wake up and people are going to think Hinduism. Oh yeah, that's bhakti. Hmm? Krishna, right? Let's keep it out there. Keep keep doing that book distribution, <laughs> and you'll get the bhava too. <laughs> From that, and uh, and conceptually, the, the the argument will sway in favor of these of, of this understanding. These are powerful arguments, hmm? and these are scriptural references. You give one 
He'll, he'll, he'll give one now to follow up on this. Hmm? What does he say? Well, he says, in uh, interim verse, he says, the enemies of the Lord generally merge into the impersonal Brahman. Some of them, even though they attain a semblance of a form of the Lord's form, Swarupabhas, remain absorbed in the happiness of Brahman. So there's some varieties in this attainment of Brahman. He's saying that some demons, they will attain a form similar to that of the Lord and they will live in Vaikuntha, but they'll be absorbed in Brahman. Hmm? Then there are those who enter into Brahman. Hmm? So as I said before in other classes, there are people in Brahman, in, in, in Vaikuntha, meditating on Brahman. Hmm? <laughs> and so it's possible. Uh, by the way, incidentally, of course, I did mention, I should mention that the four types of jnanis, the two that attain, of course, are those who uh, factor bhakti into their, uh, their, their practice. And those that don't, they are against bhakti or they, they, they don't factor bhakti. Hmm? They again come down from Jivan Mukta, the last, the penultimate state before attaining Brahman. They again come, their next birth is, is down on the scale. Those who factor bhakti attain sayuja mukti, and those like Narada, like the Kumaras, like the uh, Navayogendras who are showcased in the Bhagavatam, they're jnanis, they come in touch with bhakti and they embrace it and attain prem. Hmm? A prem that, in, well, in some cases, that is tempered by knowledge of the Lord's um, godhood and so forth, hmm? like the Kumaras. So, uh, here Vishwanath makes the comment, uh, uh, people like um, Vasudev, what's it called Vasudev? Yeah, Shingal Vasudev, he's mentioned in the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, who had a form like Krishna's. Hmm? A form like Supabhasam, form like Krishna's, he was meditating on Brahman. Hmm? You know the story? Uh, I think Krishna killed him too. He, he and Brahman, <laughs> he was uh, another demon. So, some nuances, even within Brahman realization, are there. Then he said, cites uh, from the Brahma, Brahmanda Purana, so he gives kind of a Pramana verse for all this, because he's uh, been speaking himself. And and that verse is, Siddhalokas uh, tutamasa pare jatra vasantihi Siddha Brahma Sukhe Magna Daityascha Harina Hataha. Siddha Loka is beyond Prakriti. Therefore, demons killed by the Lord and some sages dwell there, merged in the happiness of Brahman. So he gives his Praman verse. And then he says, he gives a contrasting verse of his own, Raghavandena Kenapi Tam Vajanto Prajantiyami angri padma sudha prema rupas tasya prayajana. Those persons most devoted to the Lord who are the very form of prema and who worship him with intense spontaneous absorption attain the nectar of his lotus feet. So, different destinations for the different persons mentioned, particularly the two extremes, the demons mentioned in the verse and their emotional absorption and the sambandug and the kamanug devotees. Um, they're both... Yeah. Um, who he's speaking about here in this verse. Hmm? And then he gives one final verse to conclude this section from the Bhagavatam. Famous verse from the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam. And here we find the Shrutis are speaking. These are the Shrutis who, the Upanishads who became gopis. Hmm? It means the, the sages through whom the, the different Upanishads were manifest, particular ones of them who, like Gopal Tapani, hmm? the Krishna Upanishad, for example, Radha Upanishad, these type of Shrutis, they became gopis. In other words, they were munis, rishis, but they had a certain ideal in mind, and because of their mental absorption, they attained. These are rag, rag, rag bhaktas, 
The verse says, simply by constantly thinking, this verse shows both things. So it puts the two together in this verse. The demon's attainment and the devotee's attainment by mental absorption. He's talked about them separately. Now he cites a verse from Bhagavatam where the two are spoken of together. Simply by constantly thinking of him, the enemies of the Lord attain the same Brahman that the sages fixed in yoga, worship, by controlling their breath, mind, and senses. See, again, I just have to say this once. Controlling your breath, your senses, these are all external, mechanical methods hmm? for the purpose of controlling controlling the mind hmm? that you might absorb the mind. Dharma means to control the mind, not let it go anywhere, so that it might become absorbed. This is very external, mechanical um, techniques. Bhakti ultimately is not that. It's, it's emotive, and it more readily affords mental ab- absorption, and to a greater extent than you can uh, arrive at by these mechanical uh, processes. And again, the, the example is even the demons got more absorbed more quickly and were more successful. They, so they attained the same Brahman that the yogis control their breath, do the pranayama, sit in the right position and struggle for lifetimes to attain. Hmm. Similarly, we, these are the Upanishad speaking, Shrutis, adopting a mood similar to the gopis and finally attaining similar bodies will achieve the same nectar from your lotus feet that your consorts are able to relish because of their loving attraction to your mighty serpentine arms. They're sure of themselves on their path. They have some conviction. We will be successful. Hmm. By following those gopis and their, their, those ragatmikas, these are wise people. Shruti, these are the best of the Upanishads. Hmm. This is their, conclu- their conclusion. Hmm. So... Hmm. And the implication is, of course, and uh, those who followed Sambandhanuga, some, some they'll also attain. So this is uh, um, his... Now, uh, concludes a section of his verification of his point that there are two types of Raganuga Bhakti, hmm? Ragatmika Bhakti. Now, he says, the next section, we'll go to come to this in the next verse, Tata Kamarupa. Here's a definition of Kamarupa. He's defined Ragatmika Bhakti. He said there are two kinds of it. He's given examples. He's talked about the essential idea of mental absorption, mental emotional absorption and so forth. This, this is what it's all about. And now he will define Kamanuga, then he'll define uh, or, or, excuse me, Kamarupa, and then some of the Rupa, and then he'll speak about the path of Kamanuga, Samananuga, to follow after them. Any question? It's a little complex, but <laughs> well, this is a little bit of a technical section, not so juicy, but it's an interesting points, nonetheless, worth, uh, worth our consideration. Hmm. Seems that we're discussing about merging into Brahman. <coughs> merging into Brahman. You can't talk about it. <laughs> I think Sri Prabhupada mentions that some yogis also, they desire to merge into the Paramatma. Right. He states that that is even more abundant. Yeah, Paramatma Sayuja. Can you explain that a little bit about that? Well, I think the, the, the Vaishnavas, the way they think about that, that Paramatma Sayuja is more despicable than Brahma Sayuja, which in itself, that statement is just got people throwing things at us. Uh, how can you say that? Uh, in other words, not the devotees, but the non How can you say that? And it's worse. It's worse by comparison hmm? from the devotional perspective because the Paramatma is then is, is, is a little closer to Brahman, to, to Bhagwan, in a sense. Hmm? Personal 
manifestation of his personality, a particular manifestation of his personality, despite being in touch with and preoccupied with the personal manifestation of himself, in which there is a prospect hmm, for, for some relationship, like Shantarasa. Hmm? Instead, you choose Paramatma Sayuja hmm, to merge into the, into the, into the Paramatma. When you had, because if you were meditating on Brahman, there, there, and that's your preoccupation. There's no, there's no sayuja in Brahman is your preoccupation. There's no, there's no chance for, for attaining Shantarasa there. Hmm? But with Paramatma, it's possible. Hmm? So it's kind of like something like that. Well, so they had that opportunity, and still they didn't know there. It's worse. Hmm? Once they've attained that Paramatma Sayuja, it can't be distinguished from the Brahman Sayuja. It seems like that 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 they merge into into and meditate on Brahman. I've never been there, so <laughs> it's hard to talk about. But but it's undesirable. Mm, all right. Yes. Is it really a choice uh, of Jiva to merge Brahman or Krishna wants some? No, it's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. They get gan scar by association, mm-hmm. and then they choose it. Mm-hmm. We give them the opportunity to choose otherwise. Those interpretations are there, but. They reject them. They have some scar for gan. Yeah, it's 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 there's there's some will, there's some choice. Jesus has some some is a unit of will. So, if it's a unit of will, then it has some choice. Otherwise, if there's no meaning to don't do this and don't do that, mm-hmm. and scriptures are full of that, right? If you have no choice, then mm-hmm. and so. Yeah. Why doesn't it come to them? Well, um, it does come to them to help them attain Sayuja or even to attain um, for Gyanis to attain Prem. But the idea is um, that, well, some people reject Bhakti. And we, I guess you could look at it maybe the way you're looking at it is some people accept bhakti but they only want to get this from bhakti from Brahman hmm? is that their destiny does Krishna want them to go there you'd have to ask Krishna well, that's the general idea that Gyan is 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 um, pursued on the basis of negative impetus. The whole impetus for 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 merging with Brahman is negative impetus. I want to get away from the suffering of the world, hmm? and so sometimes it's compared to spiritual suicide. I'll kill myself. Hmm? It is possible. Those who emerged in Brahman can go to Vaikuntha by Krishna's mercy. It's mentioned. Hmm. So let's say you meet some jnani and he says, uh, yes, bhakti is very nice. So you like the bhakti idea he speaks about. What he's speaking about is not uttam bhakti. Hmm. Bhakti as a means to attain jnana, but still you like bhakti. Later he passes away, enters into Brahman. Then you meet at Uttam Bhakta, somebody in the school of Uttam Bhakti. And you say, oh yeah, I had a guru and he was in the Bhakti. And then and you're, this, you're, this sadhu says, well, that's not exactly what we mean by Bhakti. But it's nice that you're into Bhakti. Bhakti is actually this. This is, and he teaches Sruta Bhakti to, to, that, to that person. And that person likes that but he still likes the other guru who kind of inadvertently got him on the path. Hmm? But now he likes oh, the idea of Shuddha Bhakti. And then he starts to understand the difference and so forth. 
Then he becomes pure and pure and pure. And he becomes very pure. And at one point he thinks, it's so unfortunate that my first guru had a misunderstanding of the, the prospect of bhakti. I wish he could have bhakti. Then Krishna would give him some mercy. Take him out of Brahman. Send him to Bhaikuntha. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. <laughs> All right, we'll stop there. Bhakti Rasmita Sindhu Kijai.